like making some serious money. So at the end of All right, guys, welcome back to another episode here with The Young Startup. Guys, today, Brian and I are super excited. We have a guest. His name is Connor Yuen. Mentioned Yuen, you out. I love that. Um, hey, Yuen, is... are you out? <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, he is a managing partner at Conquest Capital and the CEO of Pontus Protein. Uh, Connor has an amazing story. We are stoked to have him on. Uh, we actually met four or five years ago. It might even be longer, man. Like I feel like time's been flying by, but... Uh, I know he was always up to big things and he was really successful and uh, an inspiration to us. So, uh, Connor, super stoked to have you on here. Uh, why don't you give us a little bit about your story, who you are, what you do, um, and then let's see where the conversation goes. Yeah, 100%, man. Um, thanks for, first of all, having me on here. You know, I, I've, you know, loved the both of you guys and I'm, I'm glad <laughs> you guys are doing this. This is fantastic. And I think that, you know, I'd love to make some introductions to some people I think that would, would you guys would love to interview. And I think yeah, this is going to be huge. That. So good for you guys. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, I met you guys five years ago. And at the time, you know, I was in a network marketing business. I still run that business today. So I'll kind of just give you guys a little bit of background. But I was born in, and raised here in uh, Richmond in Vancouver. And uh, I actually grew up and I was homeschooled my whole life. So my parents actually had, you know, retired at a young age um, from building a network marketing business as well. And then, you know, what ended up happening is they hired tutors for us. And, you know, I was homeschooled actually until grade 10. And then at that age, at 15 years old, uh, it was so funny because, you know, all my friends growing up in Richmond, like everybody has like really nice cars and, you yeah. know, like my best friend growing up, like he got his license, he got his N, his dad got him an Aston Martin V8 Vantage just for getting his N. And I was like, oh man, like, I, what am I going to get? You know, I'm getting all excited. So my dad sits me down. I'm like 15 years old. He sits me down, I'm like turned 16. And he's like, you know, your friends are going to get some pretty nice stuff. I'm like, oh, what is he gonna ask me? Like, give me some Ferrari keys or something? And he's like, I'm gonna give you the best. I'm gonna give you the best gift that anyone's ever given you. But you're gonna hate me for it now. You love me for it later. He said, I'm gonna cut you off from all family money for the rest of your life. Wow. He literally said he's gonna cut me off from all family money for the rest of my life. So it put me in a position where now uh, I know I had to start hustling, man. Like there was no other way for me to be able to pay for the things that I wanted to do. So I had to find some way to start making money. So what happened was uh, I started, I convinced, I actually saved up some birthday money. I bought a lawnmower and I started cutting my grandma's lawn. And then I convinced a few of her neighbors. So I had like five houses and every week I would go and cut all these lawns and that would be like the money that I made. And then, you know, I started working jobs at 16. I worked at the Gap. I worked at Infinity at the Auto Mall, uh, being a lot boy, you know, wearing the reflector vest around, being you know, <laughs> rolling around by all the sales guys who just stand there and smoke all day. <laughs> and uh basically what happened was is that you know i got I, I got sick and tired quickly of 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 working in nine to five you know i got sick and tired of being told what to do um and really what what, what happened is that i had to make a decision because it was either i was going to keep going down this path this nine to five path and just keep working jobs forever or what's going to end up happening is I'm going to have to find some other way in order to be able to, to make, you know, a good amount of money. I'm like looking in Vancouver. I'm like, I can't even afford a car. I'm, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to move out. You know, realistically, the people who grow up in this city, unless they own a business, they're not even going to be able to live in the city that they grew up in, right? They're going to be moving to Calgary or different places that they can be able to afford. 100%. 
Hundred percent, man. You you resonate a lot with her story. And, and first of all, I want to say the very first time we chatted with you, I was so inspired just by your ability to communicate. Yeah. And how sold you were on your vision and you know the things that you were doing. I can feel the energy again today. So it's great to catch up because we haven't caught up for a little while. We've been on our own ventures, our own paths. But I think when we sat down uh, again five years ago, we all knew that we were bound to big things. And it's good to reconnect because it's full circle because we're all on to different ventures now. Um, but it's great that you're still running that business as well. Um, but yeah, man, I, I appreciate you sharing the story. Um, and I, I want to chat a little bit more about uh, and kind of dig in a little further around um, essentially what your parents have, have taught you is, is, is discipline. You know, cutting yourself or cutting you off of uh, their family money <laughs> was very similar to us. We just didn't have money in the first place, right? So we had to figure that out. And I, I think it really stemmed down from our parents. So, um, would you say now that you're looking back, are you very grateful for your parents to be put to, to, to have put you in that position? You know, absolutely. Absolutely. And he was right. You know, I hated him for it then, but I love him for it now because, you know, I've had to go through the ringer in order to be able to create any bit of the life that I even have now or even build the businesses that we now own and operate. So, you know, just to think about it that way realistically uh if if i if he didn't do that to me i don't i don't think that i would be that successful and if i look at a lot of my other friends and people who were given a lot of things and a lot of handouts yeah those people were um you know i i don't think they have the same drive or vision in life of what they want to be able to create and then they also don't have that same reward feeling when they actually do achieve something so like if the first car you ever get is a ferrari Guess what? Well, when you now build a business and you made enough money that you can go and buy your Ferrari, you don't even care anymore because you know it does not have no value to it, right? Mm. So I realize I don't know at what age that I started to realize that at, but it was somewhere along the way that I started to notice a difference in the abilities that I had, and and it was it was like you said, right? And my communication, this is not this is by design. Like I worked on this every step of the way to effectively communicate a vision to get other people excited about it and want to be a part of that. So, you know, I, 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 and I was scared, man. Like I was a homeschooled kid. Like I was scared of public speaking, talking in front of people, even walking and approaching uh, a, a new person. Right. Absolutely. And basically what happened, sorry, I guess I'm trying to just run the market at the same time. No, no, no. all good. No, no, no. Well, well, let's, let's take a moment. Let's take a moment here. Like this guy is literally hustling right now because he manages multiple businesses. And I freaking admire that, to be yeah, honest. Absolutely. With you. Do what you so got to do. Do what you got to do. Orders are going through right now. We just did 300,000 orders and we're, we're popping right now. <laughs> yeah, so this guy's like hustling behind the screens here. Uh, and I'm excited to chat with you more about Pontus, but uh, I want to add on to what you said. And, uh, you know, something that, that kind of stuck in my mind was, uh, and what your parents has essentially taught you was enjoying the journey and enjoying the process of leading to that vision, right? Where people that are given to, to given things on a silver or a gold platter. You know, they don't have that same fulfillment and they'll easily, in my opinion, they'll probably just get depressed and they just don't live uh, the life that they should or deserve to live at the end of the day. Yeah, Gary Vee always talks about it. Enjoy the journey. Like it's all about the process because if you don't, if you can't, if you get to a result that you want to get to without having a process, like for instance, having family money, having those handouts uh, and not being able to build something, well, I think that's where the, the fruits of labor really come into play, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship. Um, it's all about... You know, what does that process look like? What are the things that knocked you down and which ones did you get back up on? And what are the ones that maybe you split underneath the rug or something like that? So um, it's all part of the process. It's all part of the journey and you always got to trust it. So, absolutely. yeah, I, I absolutely admire that. Bless your parents for doing that for you um, because I've seen it. I've seen uh, you see it many, many times, people that come up with money. And for those of you guys who are listening and, and are in that position, 
that's totally fine. You know, that could be a route that you want to go. But I do see that, you know, they might they might be the people that like to party on the weekends and you live a very extravagant life. But uh, when push comes to shove and or when push comes to shove and something happens in life, when they are faced with adversity, are they able to get out of it? That's the question that I always say. 100%. And, you know, I, I even say this all the time. I say that, you know, if, if I were to trade, I would trade all the stock I own and all the companies. I would trade all my cash. I'd trade all my crypto, NFTs, everything, right? <laughs> Just to keep my mindset. Because I would rather be thrown into the middle of Mexico City with nothing and put onto the street with the mindset I have developed over the years rather than to have everything that I have and not have the mindset because it would be gone like that, right? Yeah. My dad always said this saying, he said, there's a person, when a person with money meets a person with experience, the one with the experience ends up with the money and the one with the money ends up with the experience. <laughs> Man, I got, I got goosebumps listening to that because that like hit the nail on the head there. That was yeah, 100%. so accurate. Like the, 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 thing, the thing that I think about is um, uh, Grant Cardone, un- undercover billionaire. Uh, right. The, the people that he's developed such a crazy mindset, he got put into a position where he technically lost everything to be put on this show. But all the things and the skills and the mind that he has was able to help help him build a multi-million dollar business within a 90 day period. So, yeah, you know, that is power at the end of the day. If you have the mind and we were on a call earlier today uh, with something that we integrate into our coaching program, uh, more mindset related things, because any business, any decision it all stems with the mind. 90% of the things that you do in your life is always mindset related. Everything else, you know, the process, the structure, all of that stuff is, is 10% of it. It, start, it starts in your mind realistically. 100%, 100%. I agree, man, I agree. Would love, um, yeah, I would love to learn a little bit more about, uh, I guess, you know, you, you were network marketing, you were doing well there. Um, let's is chat about it- that actually. Let's chat about network marketing a little bit um, and just chat around <laughs> Um, you know what that taught you realistically, because mm-hmm. I know that it can be a hustle. We did door to door sales and, uh, I know, I know that it's a lot of cold outreach, things along those lines. So let's chat a little bit about that. Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I think that the, the, the one biggest thing from that network marketing portion in my life, um, you know, it's funny because when you get involved in network marketing and a lot of people, they get involved with network marketing as their first business, right? Because it's yeah. like, you know, it's, it's low care, low barrier to entry. It does have the opportunity that you can create residual income. But the thing is, when you get involved in network marketing, what happens is people are like, oh, well, you know, like this is not really like not really business. Or you hear people in networking be like, oh, if you did like real business or like traditional business, you know, like it's exactly the same. It's really exactly the same. You have to deal with people. You have to deal with downline who are basically employees kind of deal. You know what I mean? It's the same kind of leadership role that you would have. You have to deal with hitting quotas on a monthly basis in order for you to make sure that you can make the amount that you want to make. Um, You know, you have, we have some smaller, but you still have some overhead. You still got to learn about taxes. You still got to learn all of that. So I think network marketing was huge for me. To, to really break me in to what it would be like to be the CEO of a company down the road. Yeah. Because that is what I think that I noticed even when I invest in companies from the VC perspective, that um, I see that a lot of CEOs are not prepared to be CEOs, especially yeah. of a public company, let alone a company that's about to get a million or $3 million or $5 million of investment. So realistically, uh, the, way that I, the way that I look at it is that I want to make sure that I've prepared myself enough that when I am in that position, and then I'll kind of lead how it ended up becoming, and it actually, it all comes back to um, our mutual friend, and who's also been on the show before, Nima, yeah. and I'll kind of work in how I ended up um, <laughs> in that CEO role, but... 
Uh, yeah. So basically, I started building network marketing business when I was 19. Uh, you know, I started making six figures by 21. So it was enough for me to quit my job and retire, you could say. Right. But realistically, like for me, that was even close to the vision that I wanted. It wasn't just 100 grand. It wasn't just a million. It wasn't even about money. For me, it was about knowing that I had the ability to make some kind of difference and change and leave an everlasting impact on the world. And yeah. if I could do that, that was what keeps me alive. And chasing the moon to me is the only way that I feel alive. I have to have that hunt. And I know myself. That's the reason why that I know I'm never going to, I'm never going to stop working. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm addicted and I love it is just chasing my dreams. And when you yeah. do that, you, you're consistently, even if you're not reaching them in the time that you want, you're always happy though, because you're progressing towards that vision of where you want to be able to get to. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that was started by 21. And then, then I didn't have to work a job anymore <laughs> at 21. So I was actually doing during that 19 to 21, while I was building the business, I was actually doing door to door sales. So I was so scared of rejection that, uh, you know, and that's the whole portion. I just say, you know, two years to this. But there was a huge growth process through this entire period where I would went from this scared little kid who didn't want to say hi to anybody to now somebody who is, I mean, you know what? I'm just like, I knew that this was a weakness I had. I'm like, I'm going to go find a solution for this weakness. Yeah, so I yeah. went to a place and I'm like, you know what? This is door to door sales. All right. You guys do 50 to hundred doors a day. And I go and sit down. They're like, why do you want this job? I was like, I want as much rejection as you can give me. And the guy's yeah. basically, what? Like, what's wrong with you? Right? And I'm like, I want to be numb to rejection. Like, I want to be dealing with it every day. So I'm not scared of it. It doesn't come up as something that I think about before I go into. I am like, boom, ready to go at all times. So when I started doing that. That changed everything for me. You know what I mean? Like, I, I purposely go on 100 doors a day. I was knocking and going. They could, uh, you know, it's so funny because in the beginning, and you don't know how to handle these situations because you can come in, you start talking to one of the owners, and they're like, oh, get the fuck out of here, blah, 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 get out of here. Right. And you're at first you're like, oh shit, like, okay, bye, you know, like, don't let me bother you. And then in the beginning, and then later you realize you're like, oh, okay, so they come in, oh, fuck you, fuck you. And then you come in, oh, fuck you too. What are your rates? Come on, just tell me what your rate is. You know what I mean? And you learn how to overcome and jump past these certain <laughs> objections that people give you. And yeah. these two situations between the business, the network marketing business, um, and, uh, and uh, door to door, that gave me like an ever ending amount, you know what I mean? Of consistent yeah. rejection where I was to the point where I built tough enough skin where I didn't even feel it. So then by 21, I had made a little bit of money. That's when I started day trading. You know what I mean? And, you know, I, I love movies and I watched Wolf of Wall Street when I was young and it ruined me. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love the market. Like I want to do everything with stocks. Blah, 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 blah. So I started trading. I know nothing about it. All right. So to start trading and actually figure out how to trade penny stocks pretty, pretty well. I do Forex, start understanding technical trading, how to break down charts, how to be able to see those volume breakouts, actually break down the financials of companies and understand this. And then that's when I started raising money for deals. So I started raising money for deals when I was probably 22, three or so. And I worked with different brokerage firms here, just raising money on deals that, that went public. And uh, then what happened is I invested in my first private placement it was a cannabis deal and it went from 10 cents to 65 cents. And I sold it at like 58 or 60 or something like that. And I was hooked, man. It was like, I'm mm -hmm. like, this is where the money is made. You know what I mean? And not knowing at the time that Vancouver is known to be a pump and dump city, which is why I hate it. All right. And we are trying <laughs> to do everything we can with every deal we build to not be a pump and dump ever. All right. We want to build real companies because I think that Vancouver has the ability to be like a minicon Valley. Like we have the tech here. We have the brains. We just don't have the long-term money. Who's willing to sit behind these deals. Half of it sits in real estate. So when we started and you know, I raised money, a bunch of deals. And this is the reason why I stopped raising money on other people's deals. I raised money for one. 
And the CEO basically just ran away to South America, bought a Huracan, and he never took the company <laughs> public and just never told anyone anything and just took the money. Oh so that was awesome. I actually thank that guy because now I'm not too busy you know, raising money on other people's deal. We're building them from scratch. So at 25, we started, uh, me and my partner, Alston, started a venture capital fund called Conquest Capital, where we took our investors that we had raised money from in the past and put them and built our own book. And then from there, we, um, you know, we, we started Pontus. So the story, uh, if you guys have any questions about any of that or you want me to go into anything else, we can really quickly. Yeah. If not, I can just keep going. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I have a lot I have a lot to say for sure. Uh, going back to the very beginning, um, I just want to kind of just reiterate what you had said about building a network marketing business because uh, we're very similar. Like, in my opinion, you, you need to start somewhere when, when you want to be an entrepreneur. For us, it was the Amazon world. We started in the Amazon world. It was a proven business model. We got our feet wet. We were able to build that CEO mindset. We were able to build a, a massive team and now we run you know, more service-based companies uh, that we took our experience from Amazon to do that. You know, And we weren't, we weren't able to do that. We wouldn't have been able to do that, I'd say, if we didn't start somewhere. So for the listeners on here, a lot of our audience is those people that are looking to get into entrepreneurship all I would say is, is start somewhere and start first. The second point that you mentioned was, was vision. Um, and we quickly realized this. When we got into the Amazon game, it was about money transparently. We were about making money. But then as soon as you start to make money, you start to realize that it isn't about money anymore. And then you start to realize if you have a bigger vision and you're here to truly make an impact, the money will follow. Mm -hmm. but you got again, going back to that point about enjoying the process, enjoying the journey of getting somewhere. Uh, that's what it's all about nowadays. And when I, when I was growing up, I was like, I want to get so freaking rich. I want to get rich fast and I want to retire early. But now that we've enjoyed the process of building businesses, I'm on the same page as you, man. I, I never want to, I never want to stop working yeah. <laughs> to say the least. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Right. And when you're doing something, you, you're like, when you wake up and you're excited to go and like, you know, do whatever. And for me, I, I know what it is, man. And it just comes down. I just love to win, bro. Like yeah. and I yeah. need to be in something where I can win every single day or give it my best shot. And when I lose, I learn, you know what I mean? And uh, I think entrepreneurship is the best game, man. Like if you love to win, if you're, if you were, you know, so committed playing video games that you get arguments with your friends if you don't win take that mentality man and make money with it 100 i oh, think life experiences are life experiences job experiences like it's, it's what you make it right people you know people you're talking about uh, uh network marketing there people are like oh this is not really a business well you can make it a business if you if you want to make it a business um you know i always i kind of distinguish distinguish when i worked corporate when we worked corporate uh one thing my boss told me is that you're not an entrepreneur you're an entrepreneur treat your business, the sales that you're doing within that company as your own business and you will see the growth that happens. What we teach our salespeople to do now, uh, people that actually uh, are in business development in our coaching companies, uh, so on and so forth, is they treat those leads that they work with every single call as if it's their own business. And the mindset, that little bit of a change has been ma a massive impact on a lot of our closers. So um, yeah, just I think life's what you make it uh, and every experience, good or bad, is ultimately what you make it yeah the other the other the other thing that uh, i really loved what you did was uh you know you you force yourself t to get uncomfortable like when you got that that job uh as a door-to-door -door sales rep the, yeah the goal with it was uh, at the end of the day putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation um so that you can grow like putting yourself uh, outside of your comfort zone so that you can grow and i think that's so powerful to chat about and and, and maybe bring up um 
and reiterate to the audience. I actually want to hit on something and piggyback on what you just said there. Um, so, you know, I think that's the, one of the biggest reasons. So that breaks down to two things. So there's two things in my life that I feel have, they're almost like, um, they're almost like values or rules that I will live by, right? Uh, one being that when, when I'm fearful of something, human instinct is to run the other direction, is to immediately run. Yeah. To me, I try to think about emotional situations like fear or anything like that that I'm scared of logically. And if I apply logic to it, it helps take away that emotion a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. So what I did is when I said, when I'm fearful of something, so whether it's public speaking, rejection, sales, whatever it is, if I know I'm fearful of something, I am going to run towards that. I'm going to run in the direction of what I'm fearful of. You run through the darkness and you get to the other side and you realize there wasn't that much to be scared of. And then you take something like me, like public speaking for me was such a struggle. I wouldn't eat for three days before like introducing my dad. It's like a 30 yeah. second introduction. I literally come up and say, hey, his name's Dan, he's bitch. And I was so scared. I wouldn't eat for three days before. And then I got to this point where I was, it was such a struggle for me at 19 years old. You know, I had this ex-girlfriend that I was dating at the time, but she's like, you're so bad at public speaking. She's like, <laughs> like, it's so bad. Why don't you just every week you teach the 10 core steps of success principles in business and whoever comes just comes, just, just do it. Right. And that was when I was 19. So I've every week for the last 10 years, not including other events and other things, I've, I've public spoke in front of 5,200 people for every week for the last 10 years. And it became something somewhere along the way that went from my biggest fear to something that I, I crave to do. You know what yeah. I mean? When you have that ability to, to really come into a room, change the whole energy level, get everyone reamped and hype and on path onto a vision is one of the most powerful feelings. So, you know, I, I, I implore everyone to run towards their fears. I love that. Lead by fear. We talk about it all the time. Yeah. I, that was the money. Second, the second one, actually, I forgot to mention was the speed yeah. of application. The speed of application is crucial as well. So I know this guy who, and his mentor is a billionaire. He had started this new company and he's like 80 years old. He's like 75 or 80 years old, older guy. Right. And he calls, he calls uh, my friend back and he's like, he's like, uh, he's like, well, uh, uh, what do I, what do I do? How do I like advertise on like social media? Like, how do I do this? Right. And he's like, okay. So he spends 15 minutes walking him through, blah, 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 blah. 30 minutes, the guy calls him back later. Okay, I'm done. Now what? Right. So a billionaire at 75 to 80, all right, the speed of application, meaning the speed of time that you learn something to when you apply it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. My goal is to gap that to be airtight. I learn something, I do it immediately. I learn something, I do it immediately. Right. And that's what the goal is, is because it compresses time frames in your life of growth. Because if you, mm. for example, if there's, if there's a gap between say, I learned this thing from a book and I wait till Monday to start applying it. I lost four days of growth right there. And you can compound that over everything you learn on a daily basis and you're not doing them. You know what I mean? So compressing that along with running towards fear and the speed of applying those things that you're learning, you can do anything there. Oh man. That's huge. That's huge. Yeah. I say this all the time. I think that's a, an even better way of saying it, but whenever we face challenges in business businesses, you know, entrepreneurship is always going to have peaks and valleys, but when you're in those valleys, you need to make sure that you're being resourceful and trying to get out of those challenges as soon as possible, or else you stay stingy you stay stagnant, you lose, and momentum. Then you lose momentum and you likely will give up at the end of the day. It's the same thing when it comes to applying uh, what you learned for specific growth. That's massive. I love it. I love, you know, uh, I, I, mindset like we've been chatting about mindset like crazy here and and we appreciate uh the mindset that you have again five years ago you had this and it's just developed even better which is awesome but 
I'm very curious about you know your big your your most recent venture, which is Pontus Protein. Um, you took that from a vision, an idea, to acquiring funding and even going uh, public now, which is crazy to think uh, that I know someone that 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 has done that in such a short span. So I'd love for you to chat about the idea because it's very innovative for one. You know what was that incubation process? Uh, how did you understand the feasibility of it? As much as you can share, of course, um, and then you know, segueing into um, how are you able to to get funding for it and taking it public? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I'll give you kind of the whole kind of run through from a high level, and then we can go into any portions that you guys want. Um, but you know, what happened was when we started that venture capital fund after that guy took that money from that deal, all right, we were looking through hundreds of deals, all right, because we wanted to make sure if we're going to start the first one that we're going to quarterback, we got to make sure that this goes well, because if it doesn't go well, we're pretty much we're done in this business forever, right? When you take companies public and when you and you and you do something big like this, you kind of get got one shot, right? Unless you, you want to be known as this guy who just takes random companies that suck public. So at 20, or this is when I was 25. So we start this venture capital fund, all right? At the time we started the venture capital fund, we hadn't even raised the money yet. So we still had to go and raise the money. All right. So we started this venture capital fund. We had all these investors who said, yes, we'll do your deals or whatever it is, but we don't actually have the money yet. So we're looking at all these different deals. We had offered Coinbase in 2017. So we almost did the private placement for Coinbase, right? Which would obviously wouldn't have been as good of returns as a lot of our investors saw off a halt, but it's, it's funny to talk about and look back at. Um, but I'm glad we didn't go that way because by going down Coinbase, all we would have done is wrote in a check and yeah, our investors would have made some money as well, but you know, we would have never learned how to do all of this and, and quarterback a deal. So what happened was, is, um, 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 in 20 November of 2018, we found and came across uh, Pontus, which at the time was a small little facility in Victoria that had been running for five years with the tech. So it's a very DIY job. Like Steve, our CTO, built this whole thing from scratch in a black house in his backyard. Right, wow. it was pretty big, but it was still, you know, like it's it's made himself. So what happened was he ran this for five and a half years. And when we discovered, he discovered this plant called water lentils. And that is the plant that we're mainly cultivating right now. And when they discovered that these things are 50% protein, so they're far significantly superior to pea and soy, which are like eight to 12%, they're 50% protein, all 10 essential amino acids, calcium, chlorophyll, potassium, iron, zinc we're even working on a strain that has bioavailable vitamin b12 in it which is huge for any you know vegans or vegetarians that don't eat any red meat so when we looked at that and we realized it was like that was number one the nutritional profile then the second thing that we loved about it was when we looked at how quickly it grows it doubles in mass naturally outdoor every 72 hours and when we put it in our system we have it down to every 16 to 24 hours so wow. literally if you have three feet of it by tomorrow this time you have six feet of it literally doubles in mass in 24 hours and it's 50% protein with all 10 essential amino acids. So it was like almost like a no brainer. We didn't even understand or realize why there was only two other companies that were, that were using water lentil powder. And when we reached out to them, we realized why is because those suppliers, there's only two other water lentil suppliers and none of them do vertical farming. They don't have any tech or anything. They just have this big outdoor raceway and they just put water in it and grow the water lentils. They have a two year wait list wholesale for their product. Holy crap. Massive desire for this product, you not even just in North America, but in China as well. And this is the reason why we chose this deal is because we, me and my partner also, we believed that a recession was going to come in 2020, right? <laughs> we didn't know it was going to be a coronavirus pandemic, 
but I'm glad that we chose this path anyways, because the reason why we chose food was because we figured that no matter how bad the, in, no matter how bad the, the whole entire economy gets, people have to always eat. Yeah. And I yeah, knew I from being part of the network marketing business that what happened was there was this huge desire for plant-based protein in Asia. And I, had, and I didn't know before, but then when I started talking to my dad, there was people who were sending over over $100 million a week of product from Canada to China. Now they have their own brand, okay, in China. So Neutralite has its own brand in China. They have the same exact product, same ingredients, same lab tests. They will pay four times more for something that's cultivated and made in Canada. So Holy my plan, I know, so the same product, same brand, same everything. It just says made in Canada instead of manufactured in China on it. <laughs> so for me, I'm like, dude, even if we can't sell any of this product here, we just send it all to China and we just sell it all in China. So we, we will end up doing that, but not yet because we will sell everything we have out of this facility. But yeah, so let me tell you a little bit about the tech. And, and this is the reason what got me really excited in it because you can be any kind of like protein company like Beyond Meat or Impossible Burger. And realistically, um, you know, they, they all kind of do the same thing. They assemble recipes and they stick a label on it and they sell it. So for, for us, why, why I love this deal was number one, the protein side of it and the water lentils was great, new, new kind of product. Um, but the tech side was, was really the game changer it was because it allowed us to be able to become, imagine if Beyond Meat, all right, also cultivated all of their own vegetables to put in those recipes, owned all of their own farms and developed all their, all their own IP and tech to develop the cleanest food for their own product. Oh my God. So, the problem that I've noticed when I look at other vertical farming companies is that they do not vertically integrate vertical farming, which to me is ridiculous. You're already vertical farming. Shouldn't you vertically integrate your business too? Why spend five to $10 million building a facility for you to then turn around and sell lettuce for the same price as some farmer does? It makes absolutely zero sense. So we had to find the best way. So how we're going to make vertical farming the most profitable business in the world and the way to do it is we plan is number one is we develop all our own tech in-house. We develop all our own robots, AI robots with patents. Um, so we own all of that. Then we notice that vertical farming, the biggest barrier to entry is cost. So the next step is going to Asia to purchase a factories to start to 3D print a lot of the equipment that we need to start supplying not only our own vertical farms and licensees and joint ventures, but also other vertical farming companies because they need the equipment as well. And they're so focused on vertical farming. I can focus on the manufacturing, distribution, growing. We can do it all. You know what I mean? And our whole goal is to do as we were trying to decide to, to make moves the way that Tesla did it. You know, finding ways to be able to build things in-house, own those patents in that IP to ensure that you can be able to create things for the cheapest cost, but at the same time, you can become like the supplier for the whole world too, right? So with the tech, we have the ability to basically, you know, it, it's actually crazy when you think about it, but let me tell you the, the, the actually, you know what, can I share my screen really quick? Uh, yeah, one sec here. I'm just gonna give can you, you give me the ability to do that? And then I can show you guys a walkthrough of the facility. Yeah, that's cool. So what we have the ability to do, all right? Now. Perfect, yeah. So what we have the ability to do is we can go anywhere in the world, okay? You can give me an ice block in Greenland or a, a, a sand in the Sahara Desert. It makes no difference. We come in, we build the facility. The whole thing runs off solar power, 100% renewable energy. 99.9% .9 of the water is recycled and reused again. All right, so we only have to top up a little bit every year and the only we lose is evaporation. And we even have trapping systems to come and re 
put that back into the system to recycle it. Right. Once you put in, and we don't do hydroponics, actually, we, we do aquaponics, yeah. which is hydroponics combined with aquaculture. Right. So the difference is, is that instead of us adding synthetic chemicals or fillers to that water to help the plants grow, we leverage fish, shrimp, sea urchin, tiger prawn, whatever you want to do. And that becomes a natural fertilizer for the plants to be able to grow. Now, most people in their brain, they're like, oh, well, aquaponics, you have fish and plants. They imagine this big pool, a bunch of fish swimming around, shitting everywhere and plants growing on top. Right. It is way more refined than that. There's no shit that goes into the food. Right. No <laughs> solid waste is used at all what we do the solid waste is pumped out the edge the ammonia that comes out of the gills of the fish uh, that ammonia is pumped through three different machines that uh, converts it from ammonia to nitrite and then over to a nitrate that specific nitrate is pumped into the growing area and that is what the plants need to grow so i'm going to walk you guys through it we'll do the uh the virtual walkthrough here and then i can just kind of just point out to things and kind of um share with you guys here cool. yeah so this is our current facility in Surrey. We're about 80, 85% to completion. Uh, we'll be fully growing by, by summertime. So the, sorry, to, to wrap up everything that I said though before is these facilities, the goal is it runs off solar, 99% of the water is recycled. The fish and the shrimp, we have built nurseries and hatcheries in. Once you add the shrimp or the fish one time, they produce fish forever. Oh my so God. God. In-house. Forever. How did you even? How did you even think of all this? This is like next level stuff. And you're not. You're not a. It sounds like you're an expert now. But you know, before this, you you clearly yeah. needed. To I was not an research. expert. Yeah, I was not an expert at all. Steve actually came up with the tech, the bare bones from scratch, and together we've tried to put our brains together. How can we make this the most sustainable system in the world? So on the water lentil side, they're asexually reproducing. So mother fawn produces two daughter fawns every 24 hours, right? So once you put in the shrimp or the fish. They produce seafood forever. Once you produce the plant protein in, you have plant protein forever. Renewable energy, all the water is recycled and you can feed people for life, right? That is the, that is the goal we want to get to 100%. We're 99% of the way there. We still have to add fish feed right now, but we want to get it to a point where I can throw this on the moon and it makes food forever. Oh my God. That's <laughs> I'm excited. I'd love to come give you guys a tour when it's ready and up and operational. Yeah, say no Absolutely. more. So this is a commercial kitchen. We're gonna be bringing in like, we have a bunch of um, celebrity contacts, whether they're sports players, singers, rappers. Um, I think you're so it might be lagging. Yeah, it's lagging a bit. Yeah, it's like, uh, you guys okay? Yeah, sh shut, sh shut off your video just because this is probably taking a lot of bandwidth. So shut off your video. I'll shut off my video as well uh, so that we can run this. What? I will stop the video. Okay, you should be you should be good to play play it now. Let's see if that works better. I don't know how to turn my video off, so let's just give it a shot. <laughs> all right. So this here on the right is actually a full-on living wall that encapsulates all the technology. This is a commercial kitchen or a commissary commercial kitchen. We'll be developing all those burgers, pasta, falafel, pancake mix, everything in house. Uh, we can have we're gonna have like you know like the hot sauce show where they have celebrities and all this come in. We have a lot yeah, of. Yeah. Sports athletes were contacted to a bunch of singers and rappers. So we're going to definitely bring them through. We're going to have shows and we're going to have skews that release with each one of them. Oh man, it might not run, brother. Did I lose you guys? Uh, no. we're, we're still here. We're still here. But it's, yeah, go ahead and play. There you go.
Yeah, so the fish and the plants are completely separated from one another. Um, and the whole goal of that is to practice biosecurity. So in order to get into any of these grow bays, you have to walk through an air shower, hair nets, the whole nine yards. And then for this, because if you look at the vertical farm and how, how tall it is, so it literally goes nine levels high, goes up to 28, I believe 27 or 28 feet in the air. So when we looked at other vertical farming companies, we wanted to see how, how can we take all the best from every vertical farm in the world and put it together. And no vertical farm even has this, all right? They have people that are, that how they harvest it, they have people on scissor lifts that they go up like 30 feet in the air and lean over and try and harvest something. So for us, me as a business owner, it's number one, it seems like a liability. Number two, I don't want anyone falling and dying. Um, so what we did is we developed, a, we, we invented a robot called Harp. So Harv is the robot you see going up and down the sides here. So Harv has the ability, will go into each one of these grow bays and has a seven camera system that will scan the entire grow bay. Any deficiency of a fly somehow made it into the biosecure zone, if it's not shaped as a water lentil or if it's a dying water lentil, it will be picked out. So the seven camera system will notice it. It has a little go-go gadget arm, a little vacuum will come vacuum it out, keep going over the end, all the deficiencies. And when it gets to the end, it dips an inch into the water, a conveyor belt, and begins to harvest. And we'll harvest all the way up to nine levels high and bring everything down to the surface level. So people will never, ever need to leave the ground. Oh my Just God. To, uh, it's hard, you know, kind of uh, hard like for here. harvest. Uh, it sounds for your harvesting automated robotic vehicles. So we're going to make Harv kind of like the mascot. We're going to give him an animation, you know, maybe we'll make him drive us through the facility and explain some of the technology and stuff like that. So I hope you stop here. Okay. Yeah. That work? yeah, yeah, we're good. We're good. Damn, man. Go ahead, go ahead and turn your video back on, Connor. Yeah. <clears throat> Hold on one sec here. <clears throat> It says uh, you can't start your video because host has stopped it. Oh, okay, okay, I got. Okay, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. So you that's must, you must be proud, man. That's uh, that's incredible. Like so innovative. Like holy crap. <laughs> and I can see, I can see why. Um, you know the challenges that people are facing that are doing this currently. I can see how you can get this on the moon. It's crazy. Like that. That that visual was. Uh, was awesome. Is there anywhere that uh, that that's up, like on a website or anything along those lines that people can? Is there anywhere that that that's up, like on a website or anything along those lines that people can see? Yeah, if you want to go to our website, is PontusWaterLentils.com, and you can literally do the whole. It has a whole tour kind of walkthrough of the facility on the main page. You guys can see everything. Cool. Sounds good. So, we'll so the website sure is basically the deck. You can also download there too, which is cool. Cool. That's great. So there's tons of cool stuff we're trying to do. And, and trying to find, you know, new ways to really, really try to innovate things because I've really noticed since we went to the moon, like literally EV cars is the only thing that we've been innovative on. EV cars and landing rockets, it's the same person who did both. You know what I mean? I think we've been slacking on the innovation side for, for a few decades now. So we want to start trying to really trying to gear a new age of technology in the way that people are thinking about, you know, just everything, food, health, their lives, even the, so. Love that man. It looks like our internet's a little like, dodgy here. Looks like our internet's a little dodgy. Oh, why does that keep happening? I don't know. One second, we got some troubleshooting. Yeah, what's that? All good. Okay. Hello, hello. Yeah. Okay. I cool. can hear you guys. I yeah, yeah, it looks good. 
Um, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's freaking awesome. I mean, I was mind blown with that walkthrough. First off, that's a sweet office. <laughs> I feel like I can go hang out there. Um, and then on top of that as well, just tech go hang out. So yeah, hundred percent. Sorry. Was there a question there? No, you guys are no, there's no question. I, 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 I'm like, I'm like so off on, it's like, I say something and then everyone starts talking. So it's, it's messed yeah, up. Yeah. Same thing's yeah. happened with us. Yeah. That's all good. I don't, I don't know why, but anyways, we'll, 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 wrap, we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was going to like my, my next and like final question would be like, uh, how's the process of getting funding? Yeah, I mean, I was going to like my, my next and like final question would be like, uh, how's the process of getting funding? But... It just, it's, it's our it's internet. It must be internet. Um, okay. That's fine. Let's, let's just wrap it up here. It's internet. And it must be internet. Um, okay, that's fine. Let's, let's just wrap it up here. All good, brothers. Appreciate you guys, though. Thanks for having me on here. Yeah, yeah. no worries, Connor, man. We appreciate your time.